and welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. Tonight we have with us myself, Ty, Daniel, Jason, Christian, and Bob, and tonight we're doing part two of overturning the occupying force. So we had a lot going on last week. We had a lot of notes we wanted to cover, a lot of topics we wanted to discuss, and we also had Ben as a guest, and I hope you tuned in to hear his testimony and how God used him in the midst of a COVID attack. Um, It's just, it was amazing to hear how he was being attacked, but what he did in that attack, he didn't just take it. He spoke against it. He came into contact with people that uh, he got to pray over. He got to talk about God. He got to make some relationships with those people. And that's what we need to have the mindset of, of not just sitting back, taking an attack. We need to come against it um, and bind the lie of the enemy to take back territory. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Truth. Yeah. I love what we got talking about um, when you said bind the lie. When Ben brought up last week, he was talking about like, if there's a truth that sets you free, that also means there's a lie that will bind you. Yeah. And I've never thought about it that way. I was like, dang, that's so good. Like we've always focused on the truth, which is what we need to focus on. But there's so many lies that can also entangle us and snare us and bind us. That was my quote. But if you think about it. Okay. Sorry. That's what you said then last week. (laughs) I was going to say, (laughs) if you think about it. But yeah, it it was just like, whoa. (laughs) But he, I mean, he lived it in the hospital. Yeah. 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 I mean, he went, he lived it. I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, I probably wouldn't have thought about it like that either. But if you think about it right and wrong, I mean, how do you know you're doing right, right if there's no wrong? Yeah, exactly. that's true. Right. I mean, it's the, it's kind of the same type, you know, the same. Yeah, we'll principle. just disregard what I just said then because that's not that woke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I like, I like what uh, I like what Christian was talking about a, a couple weeks ago was he was he was saying um, when those attacks come. And when that that lie comes, Christian will always ask, did you give me life? Did Mm. you give me that freedom? Because I'm, when those attacks come, it's like, you don't have authority. Yeah. You didn't give me authority. Yeah. I have my authority from a higher place. Right. Yeah. And then Bob said, uh, a lot of times when those attacks come, Bob said, we forget that we're in the army of God. Yeah. We straight up forget. And, and I hope I'm not stealing these two. I hope I'm not stealing y'all's thunder here. Man, just go ahead and go with it. Just do it, Because because when we forget we're in the army of God, we believe the spies report. Oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I love where this is going. Come on. Come on. Because you'll have, you'll have, you'll have, you'll have Caleb. Yeah. And you'll have. Joshua, I, I, I don't want to steal all of it. Hey, man, just do your thing. Come on, man, because it's going to be a spot for us to tag. But. You gotta remember, no matter the report from man, it, God's promise is higher than the report of man. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what are we gonna do with the attacks from the devil? I mean, we can't stop them. So what now? The devil's gonna attack you no matter what. That's go ahead and because there can be lies coming from leadership in your church too, saying, "Oh, the devil will never attack you." No, you're gonna be attacked. Yeah. Um, but bad reports like the spies are always coming in. So we have to overturn them for the kingdom. Yeah. So 
when we agree with them, when we agree with those reports, that's when we give the enemy the authority because we we get this thought in our head that we can't overtake the occupying force. So then we went around the wilderness for 40 years, not overtaking the occupying force. Right. So, and how we come against that is found in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when people heard those that report from the spies, they didn't take captive that thought. Right. They They gave the enemy the authority instead of taking territory well because they agree they agreed with with giving it to them right yeah right so how you gonna overtake something that you gave that you're giving somebody the agreement oh. on yeah i mean i'm i mean i'm just saying it's like i mean, I mean just listening to you say that i'm like man no wonder no wonder they didn't overtake it because they're pretty much agreeing with what he just what they just said and yeah. then obviously it struck that fear you know struck the fear immediately when they when they agreed with it you know so i mean I'm, there's a surrender to it yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah you gave up everything the moment you surrendered yeah right yeah. right right you didn't bow to the truth you didn't bow to what you knew to be um what it was you actually took a need to to surrender yeah yeah you exposed you you exposed all your authority yeah and actually right. set it aside and you're and you're not actually talking about joshua and caleb you're talking about the other spies right that came in and said something yeah. Right. negative yeah and i think that's something that is so easy to wrap our heads around negativity and the unknown yeah. factor of it it's like our it's like there's something in us that looks for the unknown or that unknown fear or that thing that's like, oh, wait, I can't do that. Oh, oh, wait, I, I there's no way I can, we can go overtake them. There's no way we can t t step into this land that we're supposed to take. And, and it's like that insignificant part of you is like the meekness of man. But without God, obviously, you're not going to step into the promised land. Obviously, you're not going to see you know, the fruit of the land or all the things that God wants you to step into, but you have to deal with that meekness of man, that dying to self, you know, yeah. as the New Testament talks about when Paul talks about, you know, you have to die to yourself daily. You have to take up your cross and you have to follow Jesus. So when you die to yourself, then you're free from that thing where you no longer look for that fear, where you no longer look for that thing to latch onto to keep you from walking in a promised land. Yeah. Then all you see is the promised land. Right. Well, then your situations don't dictate who you are. Right. Right. I mean, you, right. Are, you I mean, you already know you've got a you've got a firm foundation, a firm foundation to stand on. You know, honestly, if the foundation's strong, you can remodel all you want. In order to go after that, we first need to overtake the territory in our minds. Like in our in our head, in our minds, the battle that we face up there, if it's not taken by us if it's not controlled there's no way you can go right and take control or right. even um put up a fight right i mean you're weak yeah your mind is not in it and not <clears throat> surrendered fully to god i mean that's where you put it you you and and you and you do it by by the word prayer and 
just being all in when it comes to the surrender that you've given the Lord, not yeah, the, not the oh, I just need to do it this time, and I'll you know I'll do it that time. No, I need to, I need to surrender everything I have to do this because if I don't, I'm not going in full armored, right? right? And that's not good. And what's crazy is I, I always notice <clears throat> little things in the Bible that a lot of times aren't preached about, but we're like you were talking about the mind. It's like we take the options and we take the the harder right decision because we hear the bad report. But we also hear the good report. Like, and there's always more negativity. Like you were talking about, Daniel. There's always, yeah, two reports of we can do this because God's on our side and he's promised it to us. So it doesn't matter if they're even bigger than what the report is. It's still a promise from God. And then you have 10 that are negative. There are always more people that are negative mm. and they're easier to flow with because there's more of them. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was confused about while I was reading this, where was Moses? Yeah. I mean, I, he's the one that's supposed to be making this decision. He, I mean, he put his hands up, see parted. And why is he not? Right. Well, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately the authority fell on his shoulders. Yeah. And he, yeah. and that leader succumbed. Yeah. To the fear of the people. Yeah. Right. So that's what confused me when I'm reading. I'm like, all right, yeah, we got the spies giving their reports, but they're not making the decision. What, what's going on here? But, but let me also say, uh, it. I think that was uh, God knowing exactly where their hearts were. Yeah. Because Caleb and Joshua came back and they were like, hey, this is what we've been seeking. The only thing we have this minor little nuisance. Okay. That's what it was. It, exactly. Let's that's, call it for what it was. Yeah, yeah. This minor nuisance. We have giants over there. And we all know who God is. God's call us to be called us to be giant slayers. So what are you stepping away from? And then the 10 come back and they're like, you know, Oh, it's bad, and they're giants, and they're this, and they're that. But it's funny how how Joshua and, and Caleb framed it. They framed it like, man, this is the land of milk and honey. Yeah, this right. is this is the promised land. Mm -hmm. Okay, they called it for what it is. They stuck to the truth. Just there was a minor little complication. Yeah, where everybody else focused on the complication. Exactly. There's that situation yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, there's that thing. Oh, you know, the doctor said I've got this or said I got that. And there's this thing. And man, if you lay down your authority, yeah, that's your thing. Now that's right. yours. Right. You've you've laid down your key to the kingdom and you picked up that boat anchor that is now gonna hold you to that thing. Yeah. That's how they, that's how they got the territory to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. By this uh, by people giving up their authority yeah but what's crazy is, is a lot of times you see like beforehand like god tells them like you're gonna win yeah. right over right. and over like, <laughs> like tells them you're gonna win like before they even get it like he'll 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 paint this he might not tell them exactly where they gotta go right, right. yeah but he'll say like all right well here it is from you know t from the as far east as it, you know, I'm like, he'll be specific, but not so specific to the point where it's like, all right, well, you're going to have to go through 
Um, like, so let's say if he said, all right, well, you're going to go to, uh, Blacksburg. Well, all right, well, you're not, you're going to have to go through Salem. You're going to have to like, he's not going to tell you every exact spot you're going to have no, to go through, yeah. but ultimately you're still going to get to Blacksburg. Right. Right. And you're still going to win. In right? this case, he said, I will give you this land. It is yours. Yeah. And that's what Joshua and Caleb heard yeah. and grabbed onto and didn't let go of it right. and just ran with it and knew that God said it. If he said it, that's final. There's no nothing that can stop what he said, right. no matter what. It's, I mean, the Bible's full of it. What he said is true. Right. And the only way it didn't come to fruition is because of the people didn't believe it. Mm. Well, I think they were also tired. Yeah. I think I think there was a there was a succumbing to the the moment um where I mean is it not surprising? I mean these people have been I mean pretty much God took care of them as yeah. they came through the wilderness as they came through the desert like they were being taken care of day by day, you know basically you know the cloud during the day and the pillar of fire at night right uh they were eating fine they were eating manna from heaven right which i mean if you really think about it you were getting direct like life source from heaven and then god's providing even water from rocks mm. So, I mean, God is like fulfilling everything he's saying and you still can't stand on that. Yeah. You still can't stand on that promise. Mm. You still can't stand on that thing. Well, I was, I was sitting here thinking, I mean, I'm obviously I'm on Joshua one, you know, it's uh God's commission to Joshua. And <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Um, so now it happened after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, um, that the, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, uh, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and take his place. Cross over the Jordan, you and all the, pe you and all the people into the land which I am giving to them. To the sons of Israel, I have given you every place on which the sole of your feet treads. Just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and Lebanon, even as far uh, as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, um, which was its Canaan, as far as the great Mediterranean Sea toward the west shall be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you to oppose you as, you as long as you live. Just as I was present with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and confident and courageous for you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to your father's ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which Moses, my servant, commanded you to do so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. And Yeah, I guess I'll stop right there. But, I mean, obviously that right there is pretty much saying, all right, I'm going to give it to you as long as you do what I, what I've commanded, what I've commanded you, as long as you continue to follow, as long as you continue to pick up what Moses left off. Yeah. 
as long as you continue to run with what I with what I've given you in the way that I've given it to you. Yeah. You will you will pretty much trample over everything everything in your path. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean the that, same promise he had for Moses. Yeah. The same yeah. promise. But, but what are you going to do with it now? What right, are you going to let it die? <laughs> are you going to pick it up or are you going to run with it? Yeah. He received it he received the report a new, yeah, right. Which was the same, same one, or, the same yep. one that he originally gave. It's like picking it up and picking it up and running with it. What you what you gonna do with it now that I put it out there? And I'm putting it out there in its fullest, yeah, to let you know everywhere you go, you gonna overtake it, right? Yeah, but be what be courageous, yeah. You know, be courageous in it. Be take your place, mm-hmm. and and. Then you're gonna defeat it. So, all right. Well, here's this situation. But, but be courageous. Do you remember what I what I just said? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. You know, that situation comes, and it's like we forget. All right. Well, I just had this conversation with the Lord, like not too long ago. He said, "Be courageous." He said that He would give me everything that everything <laughs> that Moses said. You know, He said that He'd give me all the lands from here to here. You know what I mean? Like it was at least forty years. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Years. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. It's so funny how like God has a perfect will and he has an ex- an acceptable will. Like and what I mean by that is he has a perfect will for your life for everything that he wants you to step in. If you were obedient in every single decision that he had for you, you would be walking in his perfect will for your life. Yeah, say that. If you don't and you make a decision, he still has an acceptable will that allows for the detour that you took, but then he puts you back on trajectory for the promises that he had for you further down the road. And depending on the decisions you make, depending on the lifestyle you live, depending on, you know, how you serve, what you what you do with the time that you're given, the small amount of time you're given here on earth determines how you stay on that path, on that trajectory towards God promises for your life. But it's so funny how like with the children of Israel and Moses, their stubbornness is what got them away from the promised land. Yeah. And then when God points them back to the promised land and provides for them for 40 years straight, they're still not satisfied with the provision yeah. that he provided for them. Instead of just allowing that whole nation to die out and start over again, like he could have done, right? he decided to save them, to preserve them for 40 years to get to this point now. Yeah, but these are the same people that couldn't even look on Moses. Whenever yeah. he came off the mount, like he came off the mountain and they're like, oh, and they were like, oh, we can't even look at you yeah. because they were in shame down there worshiping weird false idols and just right. like they, they couldn't even take five seconds to be like away from Moses without going astray. And I think impatience, yeah. a lot of Christians get, I mean, I've been guilty of it, get caught up in impatience for what yeah. God's got for you. Um. And the Israelites, we see that time and time again, just impatience. <laughs> that is yeah. a repetitive thing. <clears throat> oh, where's Moses? Where's our God? Let's make a gold calf. Yeah, know? exactly. Or, you know, wandering. Oh, it's so bad. Let's go back to Egypt, back to slavery. But let's not go into Canaan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And what Daniel was talking about, the trajectory, transition is where we can get lost. True. It's That's very good. true. That's good. Because yeah. you, you get caught in between A and B, and God's got something for you. Like Ben was talking about last week, how we kept asking God for patience. 
He's like, be careful what you pray for. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to develop you. Yeah. Right. And God develops us from point A to point B. So that transition, people can get caught into things that look, that might look like the will of God. Yeah. Oh, God doesn't want me to go into Canaan because he doesn't want to put me in danger. Ah, but he's already promised you Canaan. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's out the window. Mm -hmm. So if God's promised you something, don't get lost in the transition and change your director trajectory yeah. because you're getting impatient or you're feeling fear. And Christian just said courageous like five times. I mean, courageous. I mean, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's doing what is necessary in the face of fear. Right. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta, it's time to man up. Right. You can't, yeah. and, and you can't, you can't take territory if you're not courageous because we all have fears. Yeah, but it's it's under what authority that fear falls under, right? right. It can fall under Satan, mm -hmm. and we succumb to it, or we can fear our fear can fall under God, who is bigger than that, right? Yeah, right. I agree. Well, I mean, I think you have to get to a point where, and maybe this is an oversimplification. I don't know. But you have to get to a point where the fear of God outweighs the fear of man. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was kind of going with. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like, it, it's, um, and, I mean, really, I mean, let, let's just be real. I mean, if, if you have a fear of God and God has already promised you so much and been so, like, loyal in, in his, like, execution of the promise thus far yeah how can you not keep going right i mean luke 19 10 through 13 okay let's just go with let's just go with 10 no no we're gonna skip the 13 jesus <laughs> said occupy till i come i mean that's true occupy that's till totally, i come that's totally true that occupied till I come, which means he's given you authority to. Yeah. It means be take. successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it straight up means yeah. be successful. You read a verse that said be successful in Joshua 1 8, Nehemiah 2 20. I answer them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Well, we, I mean, here's the thing is Genesis 2, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's everywhere. I mean, then it doesn't come down to authority and the ability to overtake. Right. Yeah. I mean, so then I could go over here to, to Haggai 2, and uh, I was just reading this this week, and God placed some other things on my heart, and, like, just speaking about the authority he's given us, and he gave He gave this, um, the, this authority to Zerubbabel. Yeah. And he said, and, you know, he's speaking, speaking to Haggai. And he said, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the thrones of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of uh She'll till and says the Lord and will make you like a signet ring 
you, I have chosen you, said the Lord of hosts. And I don't know. Do you guys know what a signet ring is? A signet yep. ring is carrying the authority of the king. Right. Which means that by anything you can declare and decree mm. and the mark of the king is on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so with that being said, whenever Joshua and Caleb came with the report of the Lord and said, this is the promised land, Moses should not have stepped out of that authority. He should have inserted in there because he had already seen God. Yeah, right, right. He had been with God. He has wrestled with God. Yeah. And you can't step into that? Right. That's why you didn't see it. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'm oversimplifying no, not, because, I mean, the thing is, is we are the signets. Yeah. We are the We're carriers of I mean, the, an ambassador. That's exactly much. correct. That'll be a topic by itself because that, that's going to be a good topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. But <laughs> but I think it's important for, for people listening. Um, let's go ahead and define success. Because some people, some people think it's, you know, fancy clothes, new car, big house, money, you know, just some type of influence. But there's a difference between success and significance. Mm. Okay. And I think true success and significance in the, in the kingdom of God is finding the will that God has for your life. Because it's hard finding it sometimes. Yeah. 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 But because because you have two people telling you to, you know, overturn the occupying force, then you have 10 people telling you that you can't do it. So right. sometimes it's hard. But not only finding the will of God for your life, but doing it. That is yeah. true success and significance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that that needs to be defined right now before we go any further. Yeah, because that you need to you need to be in prayer and you need to have the right people around you so you can figure out what God has for your life. Yeah. And honestly, like your your obedience to God and to God's man, whoever the authority figure is over your life in your church or ministry or whatever it is, um, your obedience really unlocks the doors that God has for you yeah. that are waiting to open for you. But if you step in and you're like, okay, I'm faced with a difficult situation, but if I obey you, I know you'll cover it. I know... They might be talking bad about me at work. This might be something that was a mutiny that came up or whatever else. But if I just put my head to the nose, to the to the grindstone and just keep pressing on and doing what you've called me to do, God, I know you'll come through. And then sure enough, here's a bonus. Here's a promotion. Here's everything that you've been waiting on, everything you've been praying about because you're willing to be faithful in the small things. And that's something that I've seen time and time again over my life is like, for one, there's a generational blessing in my house because of my parents being so obedient to God. Like when they finally got together, they got it right. When they got married, they they realized how much they needed the Lord. And then when that happened, there was like something set in place that if whoever was coming after them was to be obedient, they were going to re reap the things that they had sowed into for years and years and years and years. And I saw that like when I was traveling on the road, when I was, you know, with Remnant Ministries and we were going 
to all these different churches and stuff like that. Like I had extreme favor on my life in different situations that like I shouldn't be here. Like there were definite times where the enemy tried to take me out and it was like the grace of God was just like, nope, you're doing what you're supposed to. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, you need strength because you feel like crap and you 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 went to bed at 3 a.m. You woke up, had to get on the road at 6 a.m. Okay, here, here's more strength. Here's this, here's that. And like God provided every single step of the way. Yeah. And even at times when it felt like a wilderness, God still provided. Like even in the times where I felt like I didn't really know if I could hear him, he still provided. And yeah. like I've just seen that, man. And I just wanted to testify to that a little bit, just the faithfulness of God. Like when you're obedient, that's when you start overtaking the occupying force in your life. Dude, same thing. I can I can speak to this same exact thing. Those moments where you just, I mean, it's it's really weak and you feel like, you know, you're not getting through it. And next thing you know, like you get a, uh, you know, like during a revival weekend or something and you have like a prophet come and he's like, hey, man, you know, all your all your bills are paid for. And I look at him like, well, I don't really have a lot of bills. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, they always are. Then the next week you get this news. Hey you got to move out. Now I got to buy a house and now I got to do this. God, then I'm still seeing the, the, the outcome of that word that was spoken. Like, (laughs) like it's like God's provision just keeps rolling and keeps rolling. I mean, even, even Charlie Mike here at Charlie Mike, I mean, dude, we, we, have moments there where it was like it didn't look like nothing was happening yeah. and then next yeah. thing you know it's like here we are I right yeah you know, we're yeah. it just it's good and it's and i can't even speak to the stuff that's been smoked like spoken about like charlie yeah. mike right and through charlie mike like about people who didn't even know charlie mike existed right exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> like man oh man anyway but like i just say that to to kind of just go even farther on what you're saying that like you're in the wilderness and it seems all is lost i mean there's moments there where i was so and you guys know i'm very head down like right i just try to i you know straightforward always getting from a to b like you know i'm crashing through everything on the way just trying to get there (laughs) but like um god has like really like stepped up and just said, Hey, you remember these words I promised? Remember these things that I gave you, man, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It may look like it's like not happening, but I promise it's coming. Yeah. And every moment it looks dark. There's another thing. It's like, it's like, Oh, well, here you go. Here you go. Don't, don't lose sight, you know? And even so much as I'll read the Bible and get like full like sermons like whoa like i didn't ask for this like, yeah right then he's like here you go i mean i talked to ty about one tonight like just it, it's just like <laughs> it was good too it's, it yeah. was really good i think you know honestly I, it really boils back to what jason said in the beginning about the mind you got to oh. make it up in the you, so everyone listening right now Make it up in your mind who you are seeking. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you do that, when you get to those in the spots where you're in the wilderness, 
or if everything's going good, if everything's going bad, if everything's going mediocre, whatever's happening in your life, you have made it up in your mind who you are seeking. Mm. True. And when you get to that point, then and, and you're seeking him, that's when you have moments like what Bob is talking about, where oh, where where the spirit will just remind you, well, you're going the right way. Yeah. Or you remember it like stuff starts that situation that you're dealing with doesn't seem so big anymore. Yeah. Because you've made it up in your mind who you are seeking. Yeah. You know, because obviously when you draw close to him, he is going to draw close to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, I mean, so despite of everything that, despite of everything that happens, despite of everything that's going on, I'm relying, once you make it up in your mind, you are relying on him. Then the moment that you decide to go, if something happens where you go left or you go right, I'm still relying on him. Yeah, right. So there's like a reeling in almost, a reeling in of him. Yeah. And it brings you back to that same road that you were traveling. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm 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 trying to break this thing down in like That's so good, dude. Like so like like so simple terms, but I mean, once I mean, I just I keep hearing, you know, just make it up in your mind. Make that stand to say, you know, what we've been saying in church week after week, like I'm all in. Yeah. You know, all in means there's no plan B, no plan C, there's only plan A and that's him. Right. And that's right. taking back territory. The yeah. occupying force has control over so many minds right now. <laughs> and a lot of minds who have a voice that other minds are listening to. Uh. So it just it's like a domino effect, man. Yeah. Yeah. One person surrenders uh, their mind to the occupying force and it just a trickle effect, man. It just keeps yeah. going and going and growing and growing. And then we have our work cut out for us and people are like, Oh God, why don't you do something? And he's like, I did one. I sent my son Two, I sent you. Go do something. <laughs> yeah. 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 You were called to take it. Exactly. Let you me know, say this. That, oh, go, 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 uh, go, go, go. Uh, real quick. Um, you could also describe this battle of the mind as psychological warfare. Hell yeah. Um, uh, it is used, the definition is used to induce confusion or reinforce attitudes and behaviors favorable, favorable to the originator's objectives and are sometimes combined with black operations or false flag tactics. It is also used to destroy the morale of the enemy force through tactics that aim to depress troops' psychological states. Dang. Yeah, man. And that's what we are in, fellas. Yeah. I just want to add to him because it just, I don't know, it lit, it lit me on you know, fire right there. That was, yeah. <laughs> God, God sent his son, but he sent you. I mean, he, he, he made you. You know, we got too many people that are, that are giving up their authority because they want somebody else to do it for them. Mm. And then they want to cry to God and say, why didn't you help me or why there didn't you, you do go. that? I gave the authority to you to do it. You to do your own battle, to do your own work, you know, and people do not get it sometimes. But when you said that, it just it, 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 it lit a fire in me like that's one thing people need to hear is you were born for this. He made yeah. you for that purpose of your life to take back your land, to take back your territory, not for somebody else to come do it for you. Well, that's a civilized. It's a Ty civil just said it, though. He said occupy. Till I come back. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, well, I mean there, there, there's a civilized faith. And and this is where Christians 
they don't have a faith in God. They have a faith in who they want God to be, and that's someone who does what he's called them to do. Like, he's yeah. called you to do it. Do it. And, and that's the, the – <laughs> they're getting their faith mixed up. Oh, I have faith in God, but I don't want to step out. Yeah. No, you have a faith in God that you don't have to do anything. Yeah. And you can sit back in your cushy seat and – let him do all the work for you. Right. Yes, God does fight our battles, but he prepares us for other battles as well. Yeah. Yeah. This, this goes back to a couple of weeks ago. He's called you off the bench. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, just yeah. just being real. I mean, this could circle back yeah. and reinforce everything that was stated. Then. When, when, uh, when you were talking about, Christian, about relying on God, like you have to make it up in your mind relying on God. I, I was thinking back about like younger Daniel. And like when I used oh. to, yeah, no, back down memory lane. Yeah. All, th- all three years ago. When I, <laughs> 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 all right, that was good. You got me. Back when that was good. Whenever you had a youth worker by the name of Bob who actually like you hung out with every Sunday. Yeah. Right? We, I was, like, we threw Frisbee. <laughs> I almost said three weeks ago, but I, just three weeks ago. <laughs> hey, pop, 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 pop. Straight Anyways, I was thinking about when I used to be so naive in, in my pursuit with God where mm. whenever everything was going great and everything was going good, I would just leave God at at my desk or at at my bedside where my Bible was. And mm. it was like mm. I would forget to continue to put the first thing first and pursue after him when everything was great. And then all of a sudden I would find myself slowly over time feeling like I'm in a wilderness, but it's like a pseudo wilderness. It's not a real thing. It's a fake drought that I feel like God put inside of us. He allowed us to be so dependent upon him. He put this dependency upon God inside each and every one of us so that we would worship him first, so that we would come back to our first love. And if we forget to worship him when it's good, we'll find ourselves feeling dry and dry and dry Mm. and dry and getting to a place where we have no strength, where we have no will to fight, where we have no ability to oppose the occupying force. And here we are giving into it because it's the loudest voice in the room. Mm. But if we go back to just relying on him, but not relying on him for a purpose to accomplish what I'm praying for or what is on my to-do list or my honey-do list for God, if we're not praying those things for that reason, if we're just relying on him because he's good and he's merciful and because we need to worship him and we need to love him because somehow, some way, like Pastor Vanny and Rick Shelton also talked about, like our love ravishes his heart. So if we go back to putting that first, and relying on him when it's good, we won't find ourselves feeling dry. We won't find ourselves worrying about this, and we'll quit living a cyclical lifestyle and living from season to season to season to season to season to season and getting every prophetic word about, oh, your season's shifting, and oh, you're stepping into a new level, and oh, God, you know, you're going from glory to glory. No, you're you're not even in a glory right now. You're, You're in a place of lethargy. You're in a place of broken down on the side of the road, you know, your hazards are on and there's smoke coming <laughs> yeah. out from the windshield and you're saying you're going from glory to glory. Yeah. No, you're just begging God to pick you up off that's the side right. of the road. Would like that's what out. you're asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if we, if we just rely on him consistently, 
then we don't have to end up in a place where we feel like we're so well, far from it. That's the thing is that's that true relationship. Yeah. That's agreed. that relationship. Agreed. Because I know whenever I have that moment in the morning where I just spend time with him and say, God, this is your day. I'm just living through it, man. Yeah. I'm going to do exactly what you want me to do today. Yeah. Just give me direction. And then you go from that. Like, I, all right, I'm Tanya and I are doing this like, um, it's a call to prayer thing. And it's like, it teaches you how to pray and get deeper in God in prayer. It's not like, a. some devotionals get really dry and they're just like, read this devotional, you know, pray this prayer and that'll suit you for the day. Yay. Well, that's, right. a, hey, that's some people's relationship. With I, yeah. God see, that's that, not a relationship. One verse app. Yeah. Well, what, right. What that is, is you might as well be reading a biography. Yeah. Like you're not speaking to anything other than the thought of someone. You're mm. not actually in relationship yeah. with that person. To me, well, he he Jeremiah Johnson, he he had what he called a 30-minute routine and and he said of course the goal is well beyond that, you know. But he was like 10 minutes. I'll spend just reading the word. I won't engage God right off. I'll en I'll engage the word. And then from the word, then I'll enter in through worship. And then he goes, I found by the time I get through that, I'm falling out. I'm falling <laughs> out in the spirit. He goes, because he reveals to you that first love. And whenever you said first love, it reminded me, dude, it about brings me to tears every mm. time. And, and, and the, and the point is, is, all you have to really do is think of where your heart was before Jesus. And I'm wow. not saying before Jesus, like in the way of you were born in church and you've always heard about Jesus. That's that autobiography thing. Again, you can yeah. read about a man, but I want to know the man. Right. I want to be with the man. Amen. I want to feel what it's like to put my head on his chest mm. and him to say at the end of the day, you know what? You screwed up. But it's okay. It's all good because I love you just as deeply now as I did before you done that. Go and send no more. <laughs> well, there is that. Yeah, there's that there part. is that. Yeah. But at the same time, if you have his love, yeah. if you have his love, the last thing you want to do is hurt him. Right. right. The last thing you want to do. But the devil wants to hurt that relationship so bad. Of course. And you said it, dependency. What is, all right, so the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy what exactly yeah he wants to um steal your identity yeah your yeah. dependency yeah and your confidence in god yeah um he wants to kill your assignment yeah that god's put he's called you to and he wants to destroy what you've built out of obedience to god and the seeds you've planted oh you know? man yeah. he wants to kill those seeds before they can grow that is true yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, man, so that's go, so good. I mean, and God's not a God who is impressed by weak excuses. Mm -mm. <laughs> so when the devil starts attacking, it is written should be coming out of your mouth, not, oh, but this is hard. Well, if it wasn't hard, everybody would be doing it. Yep. That's true. And when you're taking a mountain, I mean, mountain... Oh, boy. This is going Old Testament right here. Bring it. Come on with it. 
mountains are spoken of in the Old Testament constantly. And and mountains represent kingdoms. True. So in kingdom culture, something happens after salvation, but many stop at salvation. And the authority comes from the kingdom, and the church is a manifestation of the kingdom like that authority. The church is given to conquer the other kingdoms or mountains so we can give them to the Lord. Mm. And we have tolerated the lies of the enemy and deceptiveness and labeled churches seeker-friendly because many churches don't want to offend people because they want to get the little bit of tithe that like probably over 50% of the people aren't even given. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think the average is 7%. No, is it really that low? Uh, yeah, low. I think it's it is 7% low. is low. God forgive us in America. Yeah. It is definitely I, not that's what 50. you're going to find, but that's what you're going to find in some of these places. Isn't, isn't that the correct? Yeah, but 50 yeah. is high. When you say 50, that's high. Yeah, that's and, high. And guess, I think where in that our church, church that. And guess where that church that goes? Point. And guess where that church goes? Because the Moses of that church didn't step up, they're walking around for 40 years in the wilderness. Yeah. Oh, man. Because, That's rough. Because man. the gospel has not reached its final destination until every person has heard about the love of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So how is that church going to put into that if they're walking around in the wilderness themselves? Dang. It doesn't make any sense. That's what the... And... and there's going to be a topic later on. We've got like a list of topics. They just keep coming on. I just, I wish we had time to record like three times a week just so we could get all these words out to you guys. But <laughs> it's just not. It's just well, not whenever at the moment. Charlie Mike becomes a full time, yeah, yeah, but, ministry, we will be recording multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. And man, I just lost where I was at because I was. <laughs> it's okay. You were talking about how are these churches being effective right. if they're not submitting yeah. to tithing yeah. if they're not. If they're not doing the small thing of paying your tithe or giving your tithe, rather, you know, how are they going to be? Yeah, they can't even of... they can't even give a tithe. So how are they going to be effective outside the church when they're not even doing their job inside the church? I mean, the task of the church is going to be a topic we cover um, because the church, they have a a goal and a task ahead of them. And not just to reach the nations, but to reach locally so yeah. that they can impact the nations. But people got to find freedom inside the church and then they... They get deployed. That's funny, man. Like Ben at the hospital last week. He was, was deployed. Dude, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. That was a deployment, and he fought. Yeah. This is blowing my mind because this is straight up from that Spurgeon book I'm reading, uh, The Armory. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> well, I was going to say, man, you know, but so many, I mean, we're blessed to be in a church that teaches on it. Oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah. yeah. That, that teaches yeah. on it because, yeah. you know, you have, you know, we've talked about negative things all night long, and you know, obviously, there's a negative perception of what the tithe is. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's you know, true. all the churches want is your money, and this and this and this, and you know, all these other these different things that people buy into. But you know, a true teaching on what on what it means. Yeah. You know, to do that, you know, changes your changes your whole your whole perspective. You know, your whole perspective on what it mean what it means to do that. Yeah. You know, but I, I think you know going back to what one of the things you said daniel um you know your first that first love that first love thing so like when you when you first and i and this is really a question you know to the people who have accepted christ into their life 
the moment that you did that, what were you thinking about? Mm. The moment that you accepted Christ in your heart, what were you thinking about? I can guarantee you that you were thinking about one thing, and it was him. Yeah. Nothing else mattered at that moment, because if you truly accepted him in your heart, he was the only thing that mattered at the time. Yeah. And that's the only place he's trying to make you remain. Right. Because if you stay there, <laughs> you've said yes. Mm. You've said yes. He's the center of my attention. He is my focus. He is more important than anything, period. My 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 family, my everything that I that I put my time into, any anything that involves anything to do with me, he is the center of it. Yeah. So anything that I do in my life always has to go through him. Mm. That's what brings success. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it yeah. is. I mean that I know I'd say Acts one eight like every other week, but <laughs> I mean what why do we why do we receive the power? Why does the power fall on us? It's to be witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it'll be followed by miracles, signs and wonders. Yep. Um I, that's why it's so important for Charlie Mike's doing it. Our church is doing it. I know a ton of churches that are doing it, but there are churches out there who are not accessing that power to be witnesses so that yeah. others can experience that freedom i mean paul was talking about in ephesians he speaks of victory and then he warns of battle i mean he didn't just say oh victory in jesus no it was victory and he warns you of battle so it's not just the message but it's the demonstration yeah yeah, that demonstrations has to be present. Yeah, and I would rather somebody be mad at me all day long, and uh, than for me to see them not go to heaven. Right. So if you want to be mad at me for trying to pull you out of the fire, so be it. But I'm gonna be a witness because that's why I have received the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to share, Jason? Mm, I, I I did. It goes back a little bit, so I was debating on even coming back with it. Um, it goes back to my rant. <laughs> I, I seem to have those every week, but it's um, all good, bro. They goes, always go somewhere. It goes back on the the um, the taking up your own, and and you have to. And this is where I go, Shamgar. Okay, he was just normal farmer. No military training whatsoever, but he was fed up with what was going on against his people and him. Like he was fed up. I'm done. I can't take it no more. So he picked up an ox goat and he killed 600 men by himself. Okay. So what I took from this is that we, when we, when we have somebody like, all right, is is it going to take you to be fed up with the way your life's going or with the things that seem to be coming to take over your life? When an enemy is coming and someone to someone and it seems like they are losing everything that they once owned or occupied, that person needs to say enough is enough and stand up, even if nobody else is going to, to help them. We need people like that and churches like that 
They're willing to sacrifice everything because they are just fed up with what the enemy is trying to do in their lives and what the enemy is trying to steal from them, be it material things or spiritual. If the enemy is trying to take your joy, your zeal, your passion for God and others, then it's time to pick up your ox goad and take back what the enemy is trying to steal and doesn't belong to him. Because when I study, all right, when I study on on Shamgar, and when I say study, I mean like the two minutes that I study on them because that's basically all it's in the Bible of them. <laughs> but, but here's, it hit me. Like, it's like, oh God, you just, Shamgar's like, it. why did you even put him in there? Like, like it's it's irrelevant in most of the cases to, that goes with anything. You know, it was in with, um, was it, um, oh crap, was it Deborah that, that he was, that she spoke? It was Deborah. Yeah, Deborah. She it was she was spoke, speaking about Shamgar, yeah. And, and but when I studied on it, for one, it was quick, and you know, I realized it was a Salem moment because it was more like the less God explained, the more we should understand. It was as if God said, "Here it is. Take it or leave it. It's simple. I don't need to explain everything and this account and on this account because." What I want you to get out of this is plain and simple. Take up your ox code. Trust me. Trust me. Mm. Nothing more, nothing less. Anything more will only contaminate the point I'm trying to prove. Mm. And like, mm. if he added anything to that story to me, it was just like, like that catches people's attention. Like, you know, Shamgar, but that little part, but you know him because he was fed up and he knew what he had to do. And he had the uh, he had the power of God. I mean, because can a single man just do it on his own against six hundred? No, it had to be the power of God. Yeah, right. It wasn't the ox goad; it was the power of God. So, you know, we need churches and individuals to just say, "I'm fed up." Yeah, and let's take back what's ours. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's how we overtake the occupying forces through unity. Yeah. Yeah. In a land, in a city, in a state, in a nation, you're not going to overtake a systematic demonic principality that is overtaking the whole nation by one man. Yeah. Yeah. You might be praying your guts out, but if it's just you and yourself and you, mm -hmm. not saying there's not other Christians out there that are supporting you, but I'm just saying for this hypothetical example, <laughs> if it was just you praying and you're, you know, you're going to do this and all this stuff. Unless God said, if you speak this word, this is going to change. If you're just praying this, whatever, and you don't have people around you that you're going to and saying, hey, you need to know about this. You need to know about what's going on. Let's get together. Let's yep. pray. Let's worship our God. Let's, you know what, let's, let's, let's do this thing, you know? And that's what I love about Sean Foyt and like what he's doing yeah. in the streets all oh, of yeah. 2020, all of 2020, he was going to all these different cities where all this rioting happened where all of these different just divisive tactics of the enemy prevailed in those cities once, he came in and lifted up a place where everybody could worship, yep. where you had thousands of people flocking to go worship in these cities and take back the territory yep. that the enemy had stolen. And that's really how you defeat an occupying force, is by taking multitudes of people, whether it be a remnant of people, I mean, it, even if it's just three of you, God yeah. said that's enough. If two or three of you touch and agree, I am there in your midst. Yeah. 
you just need to get some people around you, a unity, yeah. a, a force to be reckoned with in the earth. Yeah, you need them. To, you need the people that like you that are ready to go. Like, yeah, they're ready to do it. Yeah, that's like that's the that's what I the point like is just we need people to stand up. Right. It's it's not time. I mean, we, we just this coincides with bench warmers too much. It's like yeah, get off the bench. Take Go back do, the do the work. Dude, me and bench, Bob, take back the territory. Me and Bob were talking about this a lot. And I think it was even way before Charlie and Mike, but we talked about no like enemy strategies and stuff. Like we talk about military stuff a lot. And I I became a student of the enemy. That way I could know what to expect, know how to react, know how they evolve their tactics mm-hmm. because might be able to see how they're gonna fight, even though they're not fighting that way right now. Um, and you also get to see some of their mindsets. So in John Piper's book, he said, uh, and the name of the book is handbook on enemy or handbook of enemy strategies. He says a wartime mindset must include true knowledge of enemy tactics. So we need to know what the enemy's doing. Of course, he's trying to uh, steal, kill and destroy. We didn't know what he's trying to kill, steal and destroy. Um, in Ephesians five eleven. It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. If you don't know what they are, you can't expose them. Right. Yeah. Right. So you got to expose them. And then Christian said something before we started tonight. He said, uh, slaughter, right? We were talking about slaughtering. <laughs> <clears throat> and it wasn't in the way we were discussing. We were talking about slaughtering the enemy, you know, but in Proverbs 24, 11, it says, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. A lot of you don't even know they're going that way. Yeah. Right. That's why we need to be that witness, that power. Yeah. I think that power was in that little three line section just to show that what can be done with that power. Yeah. 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 So, and, and, and the establishment is going to attack it every time because they're not interested in your advancement. They're interested in your dependency. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, it blows my mind how much Jesus and the apostles did with no TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No radio. No air travel. No, no printing email. press. Yeah. Printing, <laughs> internet, phones. <laughs> um, postal service. Yeah. This is going to blow Daniel out of the water. Typewriters. He's like, what's a typewriter? No, uh, no. Uh, it kidding? just it blows my mind how much they got done. Yeah. Well, I mean, without and we have all this stuff. So, like I said before, God is not a God that's impressed by weak excuses. Right. Like it doesn't make any sense why there are people out there who have never heard about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would say at this point in America, it's more. Um, I'm talking about global. Uh, oh, well, global here understanding here is is is, is twisted. Partially ignorance, partially I would say um, willful ignorance. Willful, yeah, willful. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then it's partially full on rebellion. Full on, yeah. yeah. Uh, partially maybe uh, misconception. Oh, and, definitely, and yeah. misunderstanding. Um. But it's something that Daniel said, and it it brought up Joshua again in my brain. Like, um, speaking of Sean Foyt and what he's doing, I mean, I don't know where his heart is. I, I, he's out there 
like worshiping Jesus. So yeah, it, it, anybody that who gives everything they got and even in the face of adversity, um, does not even care about their own well being, right? For the name of Jesus, you're gonna get my support. Definitely. And, and um, Water. it reminds me of <laughs> of of him taking his army around the walls of Jericho and just blasting a sound to the Lord as Amen. loud as he can go. Dude, that's literally where I was and, about to go to next. And, <laughs> and I mean, I see I see those cities as the walls of Jericho, the strongholds yeah. that have those cities just so enslaved and indoctrinated. Yeah. And the more um it was like the more like Joshua went around, you could you could see the okay, God, where are we going? One more time. Okay, God, where are we going? One more time. Okay, God, here we go again. Yeah. And and I've always heard it said, what if they would gave up at the sixth time? Right. What if, you know, ah, oh, that bench is looking really nice right now. Yeah. Oh, those video games look really mind-numbing right now. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so tired. I just showed a veg over. I've heard yeah. that excuse. Yeah. Man, I want to go back to that series I was in. Oh, Netflix has this new thing. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, man. So, uh, you know, it's time to man up. Yeah. Like, tie up those bootstraps. Let's go, man. Let's get it. Like Or woman up. Or woman up. <laughs> yeah. I, and I say man as in mankind, not as in gender. You know, no, yeah, I'm just saying that uh, like, to the 65% of women that watch and listen to our podcast. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> yeah, you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, but all warriors for real. But, yeah. but, but I say this, I mean, you know, nowhere does it say that that Joshua's army was just made up of men. No, yeah. I yeah. mean, and we Bro, see throughout I'll stop you right there for a second. I have met some women in the Israelite army. Dude, I know. Holy dude, cow! I know, dude. I know. <laughs> so you—they don't look it. They no. don't look it, but they will tear you to pieces. Yeah, dang. With that, like, with their bare hands, they will oh tear yeah, you that apart. crab McGraw stuff, like, dude. or whatever it's called. I'm like, like I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's the thing you. is, like, we are called to take an occupying force. Yeah, and that to me is principalities, strongholds. Yes that these are the things and like that's where as soon as you were talking about sean foyt yeah and like him going to these big cities and just even in the face of demonic like principalities and strongholds he's like i will praise harder yeah and i will give everything god put in me back to him yeah and that just oh it's so <laughs> it is it is awe inspiring yeah like to have that kind of passion and and um man we definitely need more of it yeah for sure well since you already went there this is where <laughs> Sorry. no 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 you're good you're good i was just thinking that i was like man when am i gonna bring this up i know i want to bring this up but then you just ushered it right in so uh in joshua 2 chapter or joshua chapter 2 verse 8 um this is the spies they've already been sent by joshua um, there's two spies. This is a different account of spies. Mm -hmm. This isn't the spies going in to see the promised land and seeing the giants and all that stuff. This is two spies going into Jericho 
to see if there's weaknesses and to see what the people think about the Israelites. So before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab, who is Rahab? Rahab is a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And yes, God used a prostitute Mm -hmm. to save two spies so that the Israelite army could come in and be a part of God wiping away the city of Jericho so that the, the promised land could be held and obtained. Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above uh, above and the earth below. God already planned this victory for Israel. Amen. This was already written in stone from the beginning of time. Before any Israelite ever knew about it, he made the current residents of their promised land fearful of what he could do for his people. You see, the enemy knows the potential of God's power to flow through you at any given moment. He's scared about you taking over what he controls. You might not see the redemption that is headed your way, but God has already accounted for your enemies and he has already given you the victory. Now going on to verse 12. Now swear to me by the Lord. This is Rahab talking. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me, along with my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all their families. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety. Now what's crazy to me, this is the the spy speaking back to Rahab. What they're doing here is they're operating on delegated authority. By them speaking to her and guaranteeing her that they're going to save their entire family if if she lets them stay, yeah, they're operating in delegated authority that goes back to their leader, Joshua, yeah. which goes back to God. Yeah, And I love that. I love that they knew who they were and they knew who they represented, and they gave her yeah. a guarantee. We're going to save your whole family if you let us stay. That's so good. That's that signet ring right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, so good. that's awesome. And she go and and they say we offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety. This is verse fourteen. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Verse fifteen. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told him. Hide there for three days from the men that are searching for you. Then, when they have returned, you can go on your way. Verse seventeen. Before they left, the men told her. We will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, your mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. But if anyone lays a hand on people inside this house, we will accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however... We are not bound by this oath in any way. You see, God not only called the Israelites to this land, he actually provided a safe entryway for the spies to map out a game plan of the enemies in that city. He also made provision for the prostitute that helped them, and her entire family was spared. 
When you're taking the territory God calls you to, don't forget that God's provision may not look what you look like what you normally would have perceived it to be. And then I love this. I'm just going to go on. I know this is a lot of scripture, but y'all need Jesus. So. You used to it. <laughs> you used Come to on it. now. Come on. Watch what happens here when the spies get back to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 23 through 24, then the two spies come down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River, and reported to Joshua all that had happened to them. Verse 24, the Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are terrified of us. And I love this right here because they knew what Rahab had told them was truth about the entire city. And what's crazy is that God allowed their enemies to be afraid of them before they ever came close to a battle with them. Yeah, He had already allowed them to lose in their minds and in their hearts before they ever lost in reality. And that's what blows my mind. And that's what the enemy knows. The enemy knows Satan. He knows that he has a timeline. He knows that his days are numbered. He knows that everything that has been laid out from the beginning, that God is infinite and that he is not. So yeah. Satan's doing everything. He's working double time. He's working overtime trying to take the territory of your mind, trying to take the territory of your kids, your family, of your finances, of your health, over all these different areas of your life because he knows that his days are numbered. Your legislation. Yeah. Yeah. How many, how, we've been talking about that like crazy. Yeah. That's, Dude, that's so good. It, that's it, so good. I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like maybe a month ago where PV went off on stage where she was like, we were doing that. We were singing that song about, you know, and praying at the same time. And she started talking about, uh, the armor of God and how sword is not the only weapon. Cause I've discussed with her that the shield can be used as a weapon. And she, she said that up there and the atmosphere was just aggressive. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what Sunday it was, but it was, I felt like I was in combat, man. It was crazy. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it, but she got me so fired up. And then, uh, pastor Tim, I think said something got me fired up and, possible i think everybody was jumping in it yeah and it was just a crazy violent atmosphere yeah uh towards the enemy and i went home <laughs> and i was like i had this clip that i wanted to send her um uh, it was from 300 <laughs> and i was like oh, you know yeah. that obviously that movie is not appropriate appropriate but there was a scene in there where the persians meet them yeah at right the gate and you know they're like spartans lay down your weapons and they're like they put their shields up put their spears up and they say persians come and take them yeah and, then, and uh they start to charge and the king he's he's like you know give them nothing, take from them everything. It was just like, you know, it was like quote after quote after quote in that, that clip. Yeah. Well, when they finally uh, decide to step out of, of the line that they had created and they're just, I mean, they're just destroying these Persians. He hits, the King hits this dude with the shield, like knocks him off his feet. Yeah. And I wanted her to see the violent act of a shield. So I sent her that video <laughs> And it was just a couple, it was like, it was like two or three 
Uh, I'm, I'm laughing minutes. because he actually texted me and said, should I send this to her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she texted me back like three days later. I was like on my edge of my seat for like three days. I'm like, oh my gosh. And she like, but uh, she texted me back and she said, that is the most violent thing I have ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's what it felt like that morning. Yeah. I was like, pastor, that was one of the most violent, like spiritually violent things I've ever been a part of ever yeah and that's what i felt and that's what we need to feel yeah because the devil like he i want to be the most violent thing the devil sees right yeah because people are like i hear people all the time oh we're just trapped on this earth with the devil you know and i'm like no the devil's trapped on this earth with me (laughs) right yeah yeah and if we're gonna you know overtake the occupying force we have to have that mentality that that right that warrior mentality i'm like you're the prey i'm the hunter you're you can try to come after me at your own risk yeah but i'm gonna be on your tail. Oh, you were there? I'm going there to free somebody or free a territory. I'm going to yeah. break down a stronghold. Wherever you're at, that's where I'm going because there's something that needs to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. There's a territory that needs to be retaken. Well, I think you just said it. I think we've gotten to a point in the um, in the church where basically we've been fearful for so long. Yeah. That, but God never intended it that way. Right. God intended us to be feared. Yeah. Say that. That's good. And I think that the church has, how do I put it? Been, I don't, all right. I can't say that. Okay. I got the words for you. The church church has found a corner to sit in and hope that the devil don't see them. Oh yeah. There if you they go. back themselves in the go. corner in a dark spot, he can't find me. He can't right. attack me. He can't hit this. When on the contrary, contrary, we're supposed to be the aggressors. Well, I was gonna be a little bit more crude than that. <laughs> you PG can edit this over out here. <laughs> if this is too crude. I'm gonna go ahead and say it though. But I think the church has been impotent. Church has been impotent to yeah. the 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 to the charge that's been given. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have been meant to be like forerunners, not not back peddlers. And I think we've been setting back way too long. And and I think honestly, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this, and maybe I might be like stepping too far out on a limb, but I will even go as far to say that us backpedaling and giving in has led to a a a current culture. Oh, it definitely has. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you start think about the serpent Eve. I mean, it starts in the beginning, and you just see agreement after agreement after right. agreement. She gave authority something that was beneath her. Right. Yeah. And so, that way, he, God clearly said, "You have authority over you know creation here." This is how I feel about the the common state of things is we have. We have been given the promised land. We have built it up so high. Mm-hmm. And it is the land of milk and honey. Yeah. We have then encircled ourselves um, with promises. And now we are backing away from it slowly to the point that the enemy is beginning to occupy once again. Yeah. The, 
you just start talked about Rahab. Mm-hmm. You were talking about building the wall so high. Yeah. Starting to feel like, oh, no, this is fact, man. This ain't starting to feel like anything. This is what it is. The enemy has sent in his own spies into our own walls. Yeah. And we'll tell the Christians, Dude. hey, if you help us, yeah, then we can guarantee this mm. and this and, and status. Yeah. And money. And mm-hmm. hey, and when we take over, you'll you'll thrive in mm, this yeah. way. Dang. Which would the promise is really you'll survive. And we're not called to survive. We know that. We're called to thrive. We're called to engage. Yeah. That so that just came to me where yeah, because you you talk about Rahab and mm-hmm. how Joshua sent his spies into the enemy's, you know, walls to yeah. figure out what's yeah. going on. The enemy's doing the same thing. Yeah, and 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 not only, and it's in our homes and our churches and our in territory that we have gotten back. Sometimes that territory is lost because yeah. it's allowed. The authority is given up. Yeah, yeah. I just love that part, dude. That I mean, when I was reading it and studying it for this podcast specifically, I was just getting blown away by the love of God that like before Jesus came on the scene, this is old Testament. God didn't have to spare this, this woman or her family. They weren't Israelites. They weren't of the chosen nation. They weren't descendants of, you know, David or whoever. These were just, this was just a woman who was a prostitute in this city. And God was so graceful and merciful that he spared her and her entire family because she recognized his sovereignty. Right. And by her recognition of his sovereignty and her willingness to aid what would become the greater force in that land, she was found to be favorable. And her whole family, she protected and saved her whole family. There's yeah. probably generation after generation after generation of people that came from her lineage yeah. that yeah. we could look back to. And it was yeah. because great grandmama stood up yep. and allowed two spies to sleep on her roof. Yeah. And because of that, her whole lineage was saved. Yeah. And the blessings. Yeah. The blessings. Yeah. Dude, I mean, not that we should focus on that, but the blessings that come from that. Yeah. Like now you I mean, this is this is predating jesus and i i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that 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 god intervened on their behalf of them oh yeah like now oh man that's just so awesome just to think about but it was a scarlet thread scarlet thread it was a scarlet rope representing jesus's blood yeah the line there would be the bloodline (laughs) that would redeem us Oh, we're about- oh, oh we, a- we can't go there. We can't go down the rabbit oh, hole. Oh, yeah, man. We can't go there. <sighs> oh, look, Woo. Baba. Let's go roll. But look, guys, we don't we don't have time to get complacent. No. Yeah. We don't, we don't have time to be doubtful if we're about the work of the Father. Right. So it's time to retake territory and remember that the enemy wants you to stay at home. Yeah, yeah. right. He wants True. You, and he wants you to be silent. Yeah. Yeah. So use your voice, use your influence, uh, starting with your family. Yeah. Then in your church and then in the streets, because that's where the battles fought. Um, but we, we want 
you to overtake any territory that um, the enemy has been occupying. Yeah. And that's what our goal is to local and afar. And I'm going to close it off with Zephaniah 317. Uh, the Lord, your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you In his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. Guys, are we giving God something? Are we giving God a reason to delight over us? Mm. Mm. Uh, God, thank you so much for what you've done in all of our lives and the freedom that you've given us and for your son let us go out and share that with those who don't know you or just don't understand. Help us retake territory that the enemy has taken so people can find that freedom and share it with who they come in contact with and who they have a relationship with. We love you so much and help us grow so that we can get this message out. And we just want to see people come to you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.